Welcome to the Not All Love and Light podcast. I'm your host, Romy Moreno, and today we have a returning guest, Paige Elizabeth. She's a life coach, an author, and one of my really good friends. I am so grateful to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So today I wanted to bring you back on because we wanted to talk about effective communication. The times that we've met up... (laughs) we always come back to this topic about how difficult it is for some people to communicate and just say what they need to say in order to have those good connections and those good relationships and those good friendships. And it's just so hard for people. So I felt it was a topic that we needed to discuss on here. It's at the crux of everything. And like, no one really, like we don't learn this automatically growing up, right? And so we just get stuck in our survival defense mechanisms, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, for me, it took me a very long time to learn how to communicate because I would just shut down. And it was because of my trauma and how my programming was, my voice is not important. It doesn't matter what I say, all of that. So my go-to was mute. You could not get a word out of me. But with this work and the healing and learning and putting yourself in that very uncomfortable situation where you just have to fucking talk and say what you need to say and know that your intentions are good the more you practice it the easier it got yeah and you know anytime there's vulnerability there's going to be risk involved and bravery and courage and does it get easier it does but when you care, you care. And you're like, ah, I might be rocking the boat here. Right. And it's just, it's, that's so normal. But I think that it's also really important to recognize that. And I always say this, like when we show up to say something, we're not actually doing it for them. We're doing it for us because even if they don't want to close the gap with us, every time we speak from our heart and from our truth, we close that gap and solidify the connection with ourselves Hmm. and that's what makes us so impenetrable in life is if we can have a strong connection to ourselves, you know and so that if they don't meet us there we're like oh I'm actually okay because I met me there right but see when we engage in other behaviors deflection rejection all that other stuff and we bail We've already abandoned the conversation. We we can we can only blame them so much. We ran away from ourselves, right? So, um, you know, that's kind of the incentive that I that I give to people. Like, don't do it for them. Do it for you. Right, and learning that and using that as the driving force, as hard as it is, it's rewarding. It's so rewarding, even if the conversation doesn't end up in agreement, which I don't think all conversations should it's fine as long as there's respect and I could see your point you could see mine even though we disagree that's okay we're not trying to attack each other we're trying to have this relationship and keep each other in our lives but we just there's certain things that just need to be spoken about and not kept and walking around on eggshells and that's just no way to live and no you can't have real authentic relationships and friendships in your life if you're not willing to completely be yourself 100%, be vulnerable and have uncomfortable conversations. Totally. And the irony is we think that the validation comes from the external, right? 
like, oh, if I can just have my voice heard by so-and-so, then I'll be, I'll feel better. I'll be healed. I'll be safe, whatever. But it's the inner child that wants to be heard by the adult. Right. Is why showing up for yourself is so important. And being able to have clear, effective communication that's not deflective, that's not defensive, that's not justifying, that's not like all those other behaviors like sarcasm, whatever, that is degrading the voice of the child. That is disrespecting the voice of the child. And that's why it never works. Like people think that defenses like protect us. They don't. They don't. Defenses reinforce the pain. Yeah, it's like a fake, fake um, power feel mm -hmm. and strength when it's really not. It's like a bratty little child that's just trying to get their way and their point across. Well, the ego has no power and we're operating from ego. And we think if we're in our ego that we're in power, but we're not. It's like power comes from inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So thinking about somebody that's struggling with having good communication, they're just starting off this practice because it is a practice. What would be your recommendation on how to approach certain people, certain situations with bravery? Because we've also had the conversation about how coward people are that can't have tough conversations. Grown ass women and men would rather make shit up, lie to you to your face, or try to sweep stuff under the rug instead of telling you things how it is or how they truly feel or just truth. Yeah, again, you have to get in touch with what you really truly feel. And if you can't do that, then the rest is just not going to happen. Because there's a difference between operating from what the ego wants to present versus what you truly are experiencing on the inside. Ego might say, I'm fine. I look fine. Everything's okay. And you want, you might be wanting to communicate from that place when inside you're like, the fuck I am. Okay. This is awful. <laughs> like, no, I don't like what's happening. There's a the conflict. Right. And so speaking from the pain versus speaking from the image are two very different things. But see, people think if I protect my image that I'll be okay. Meanwhile, they're just creating more conflict with themselves, right? Right. So you really got to get in touch with yourself, your voice first, your values first, your boundaries first, your needs first. So that way when it comes up in reality with another human being, you can be like, oh, the conflict is because I have this need or I have this value because a lot of people don't know themselves well enough. And so they just find themselves in a mess going, okay, I, just, I hated that. And then they just react mm -hmm. or they shut down, not knowing where the true conflict is really stemming from internally, if that makes sense. Um, so it's really like codependence, especially have to get very clear on who they are, which they are not good at because codependents find safety in the gray. You know, I'm going to identify with something else or someone else to be safe when actually safety is found in knowing who they are. So that, if you're a codependent person, then like you got to really pull yourself into the light, let yourself be exposed and clarify who you are first. That's like a big thing in the beginning. 
and they don't like that. They're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Like they've lived in a perpetual state of confusion because again, being in the gray is how they have found safety. So, and they're very, they're very easily influenced and manipulated and the more narcissistic individuals like kind of prey upon that. They, they will set the, set situations up to be dominating, to be needed by them. You know what I mean? And codependents just play right into it because they're terrified. Right. Yeah. Narcissistic, narcissistic people. Those are really hard to have conversations and truly connect with. You can't connect with a narcissist. You can't. I've tried. It's all fake, right? Like their persona, their, they cannot emotionally connect with somebody. No. And that is kind of the telltale sign of whether or not you really truly are dealing with someone who is a narcissist at their core is, are they capable of connection? Mm-hmm. Are they capable of empathy? Are they capable of vulnerability? And if the answer is no, you're never going to get in. Right. Yeah. And because the, the term narcissist is loosely used nowadays that it's showing up a lot showing up, oh I'm, my ex was a narcissist my ex was a narcissist yes that could be very true but they could also just have had narcissistic tendencies absolutely and and so when you're dealing with someone it's important to kind of test the parameters of their capacity to see okay am i dealing with someone who's truly narcissistic because those people are incapable um, or am I dealing with someone who just learned some poor behaviors because of their own upbringing? I was very narcissistic growing up in terms of the fact that I really mirrored my mother's behavior. And I got to a point where I just didn't like myself. I wasn't a narcissist in the fact that I couldn't like empathize or say I'm sorry or be understanding or remedy a situation. I just didn't know how, right? So I had to really dig in and learn how and unlearn all of those behaviors and I did that like my late 20s early 30s because I realized I just didn't like who I was I was actually dating like a hardcore narcissist and um I didn't like who I had become in an effort to deal with him he really took my crap behaviors and I they just like magnified as a result of that interaction and I was like I just don't like this person I don't like who I am with you I don't like any of it and so I made the conscious decision to really shift those things and um it's been a work in progress ever since and yeah it's come quite a long way and so now as a result of all of that like my radar is so strong so but yeah you can you can be someone who just hasn't learned good communication or you can be someone who's incapable (laughs) you know And the thing about a narcissist is their whole survival is dependent upon 100% projection and zero reflection, right? And so if they never, ever self-reflect, it's, they're just not capable. Like my mom was like that, right? Like she, to this day, she's 70 something years old, is not capable of self-reflection. Right. Just bad behavior. Like she's incapable. I have tested her in every which way I possibly can. It's not happening, you know? It is what it is. What are some red flags that someone could see that somebody is actually a narcissist versus just have narcissistic behaviors other than not being able to connect with them? Because, you know, narcissists are also very good at manipulation and 
they'll manipulate a situation where they seem like they actually care and that they're being empathetic. But if you're an empath like how we are and, and intuitive, you know that shit is fake. But some people are not us. <laughs> so well, how would they be able to distinguish? I would say the best way to know is to test them directly, to confront them directly, because a narcissist can be really good. Like, let's say that I go to, let's say my partner's a narcissist and I go to him and I say, so-and-so at work is being really unkind to me and I'm, it's wearing on me and I don't like it. He might be like, oh, I'm sorry, babe, that you're going through that. And it might appear that he's empathetic. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to see if someone is narcissistic or not, you have to put them in front of you and go, you're making me feel, or I feel this around you, like this is coming out. I don't think my needs are being met and confront them directly. And you'll see through their reactions, right? If they're capable, mm -hmm. because someone who is capable might not know what to do, but they'll be like, well, I didn't mean to do that. Or I'm sorry. Like you might not get much, but at minimum to empathize, just really plain and simple means to acknowledge. That's it. Right. Right just to acknowledge the pain point. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so if they're incapable of just even acknowledging the pain point and they sidestep it or they deflect from it or they justify or they engage in any of those behaviors or they flip it and they go, well, you, you know, then, you know, they're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> no, the best one is like, you know, okay. I tried to do everything. I even did this and this and this, and now I'm the bad guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. you are. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's really the best test that I come across is you want to confront them directly mm -hmm. and how they handle that will tell you everything you need to know. Right. Now, there's some people that have narcissists in their life, whether it's their husband, whether it's a parent, whether, and I mean, I know for myself, if somebody is that way, I don't care who you are. You're just not going to be in my space. But some people are not like that and they feel they need to keep this person in their life. How would they effectively communicate with somebody that doesn't truly have empathy? So the the problem that a lot of people have, now depending on how involved you are, because if you're really trauma bonded to this narcissist, then it's layered, right? Um I think the most important thing to recognize is if you have to deal with a narcissist or you're choosing not to opt out of a narcissistic entanglement is don't expect anything. Like you have to really and truly drop all expectations. Like with my mother, even though I, I knew she was never going to meet my needs, I had dropped that a long time ago. I had to just accept the fact that like, this is who she is. And I call it carrying other people's bags. Like we talk about baggage, right? And it's like, we all have baggage. When you're dealing with a narcissist, you just have to ex expect that you will get to carry their bags too, because they will. Right. And so if you can accept that, carry on. I find it fatiguing personally. And so my capacity anymore to... Um, entertain narcissists on a very like like a core level like a core part of my life I just don't have it in me yeah. it's very exhausting and draining I've never had to deal with a narcissist 
for a very long time. I mean, I have in the past clearly knowing who they are. So I would treat them accordingly. I would also, me being the Scorpio that I am, I did manipulate myself the situation to make them think like, yes, I'm falling for all your shit, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want. Right. And it was because it was, it was a business thing. Right. But obviously that didn't last very long. So I haven't really had to deal with somebody like that, but I have a lot of clients that have had to deal with narcissistic exes, especially because they have children together or whatever. And one thing that I find really has worked when it came to dealing with narcissists is setting up boundaries and really people will treat you how you would allow and these people, the minute that they learn how to truly connect with themselves, heal, and figure out what their value is, and they set those boundaries, their relationship with their narcissistic exes completely changed. Like, these people want to know who the fuck they are. <laughs> what mm -hmm. happened to the person that I used to be able to control because you're not it anymore. Right. And you can do that part, I guess, you know, because boundaries have always been really easy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> I guess it's more because when you take your power back from a narcissist, the boundary kind of comes automatically and they just kind of know they can't get away with the same stuff. So for me, it's like, well, if you're going to entertain that relationship beyond that point, you just got to recognize that like, they're never going to be different. They're always going to, they're always going to test that boundary a little bit not a lot but a little yeah, okay. bit I was going to push back a little bit and um and yeah you're never ever ever going to close that gap and see for me anymore because I feel like and I feel like I'm not alone in this but I feel like like a lifelong thing for me has always been for the internal part of myself to just feel so whole so whole and complete and I'm like, why would I want to make space for a relationship that I can't close that gap on? That's a lot of output for no reciprocity. Mm -hmm. So like for me, it's really important that my relationships are reciprocal. And again, it doesn't take much like the guy I am seeing, I've gotten a lot of heat for because he's so much younger than me, right? And I've just said, I'm like, yeah, but he knows how to acknowledge his bullshit. He knows how to be like, I'm sorry, or, you know, my bad, I didn't call you back. Like, that's like music to my ears. Like, you can acknowledge what you did or didn't do. Like, to me, yeah. that's like, as a grown woman who just wants connection, like, that's just music to my ears, right? So I'm not looking at him going, oh, you don't, you know, make all this money and have all these assets. I don't care. I want connection. Right. Yes. And he's capable of that. Right. So to me, that's, you can make fun of me all you want, but like, he knows how to be vulnerable. And I like that, you know, right. I've and noticed now, cause you mentioned he's so much younger than you, but, um, I've noticed that the generation of younger men right now, they're so much more in tune with themselves and so much more vulnerable and so much more able to connect that it makes sense because a lot of older women now are dating younger now. Mm -hmm. 
myself included. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've noticed that. I've noticed that a lot. And they're just willing to to show up, like really truly willing to show up for you, which is a beautiful thing. I don't know if it's because their parents are Gen Xers as opposed to boomers. I don't know if it's the fact that you know, this cement in their brain hasn't dried yet. I like, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's pliable. Yeah. You know, and I'll never forget the first time I like verbally bitch slapped his ass. And I was like, is it too much to ask that you did it? And he goes, no, it's not. And I was like, I was not expecting that response. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've already like tried not to figure it out and just fucking enjoy it and just be there and enjoy the present because it could be that the parents are not boomers yeah who knows but I'm gonna take it yeah I love it yeah and so yeah to acknowledge it's so important that they just acknowledge because really and truly that's all we're looking for is an acknowledgement mm-hmm and see what happens when you're dealing with someone who's narcissistic is they won't acknowledge and then you get the message that you're not worth acknowledging and if you're not strong enough to override that you're going to go oh I guess I'm not worth it and you'll just perpetuate a wound that most of us have which is that I don't need to be heard or I shouldn't be heard right instead of going huh, wait a moment though but I do deserve to be heard and I don't know what this is right right because my recent fallout with a friend of mine that I've known my entire life when I finally put her in the hot seat recently, she failed miserably. Zero empathy. Like, I mean, long list of things that I needed acknowledging and she didn't acknowledge one. And this is a woman who is in corporate America and she's a leader. And she talked to me like I was one of her advisors, like just totally talked down to me in the most condescending way. And I just thought, wow, I just gave you the reins of our relationship. The wheel, take the wheel, dear, like direct it whichever way you think is best. And she drove it straight into a wall. And it wasn't overtly narcissistic in her response. It wasn't any defensiveness. It was, she was very justified. But again, she didn't acknowledge. And I and I responded. I said, you failed to acknowledge any of my concerns. Now, a weaker person or someone who hasn't done work on themselves might be like, oh my gosh, I really suck. Look at, she's listing all these things about me that suck. And she did. And I was like, I anticipated you'd make a list of insults. So I'm not surprised it's there. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with what we're talking about right now. But anyway, <laughs> you know, and the things that she called out, like, my friends don't like you that much. Well, I don't really care if your friends like me. That's kind of beyond the point. That's none of my business anyway. Like that's totally none of my business, but like have we met? Like <laughs> you've known me for 30 years. Do I give a fuck? Absolutely. Other not. people think <laughs> right. And so, you know, and again, and I'm looking at this, I'm studying this objectively to use her word. I'm studying this objectively to look at it like you know, as, as though she's trying to pull one over on me. And I'm like, wow, she did a really good job. And a weaker person may have completely fallen for this, but I'm looking at this going, you failed. 
all she did was reveal her inability to connect. And I even said, I go, why are you being all corporate on me? I'm not interested in objectivity. I'm interested in heart, which you failed to provide. Right. Don't talk to me like I'm one of your advisors. I'm looking for support. I'm even looking for how I can support you and you failed to address the issue. Yeah. And, you know, again, like it was very sophisticated. It wasn't sloppy and defensive and like overtly mean. It was a sophisticated put down. Right. Like when someone like. Yeah, like she's not doing anything wrong. Her. She's just stating the facts. Yeah. Like when someone tries to be above you and they're condescending in an intellectual kind of way, like she intellectualizes everything. And this is the problem. And I, and I told her, I said, I've known you my entire life. And it's, it's not a flex that you're so contained and stoic. It's off-putting. And she loves the fact that she is so logical and stoic. And I said, okay, well, it's off-putting, you know, and her divorce is on, on, on the rocks right now as well. And I, I suspect he has similar complaints about her where it's like, girlfriend, I've known you my entire life and you still haven't let me in. And see, I'm always willing to learn. And so for me, knowing how afraid she was to let people in and knowing her since age 12 and knowing that she's an immigrant and knowing that that's a, a, a vulnerability of hers, I just labeled it as such. I didn't go, oh, it's just, she's a narcissist. Like this is who she is. You know what I mean? Now, granted people in corporate world tend to be narcissistic because the only way to achieve at that level is to totally step over all of your connections. But I really tried to, you know, handle the entire relationship with the grain of salt. Now I should probably also clarify, we had not been in touch in many years. We just got back in touch last year. She reached out to me and wanted to rekindle that friendship. Mm -hmm. I uh, broke up with her when we were teenagers because I felt like she was my shadow. And I've never actually expressed that to her, but I felt like she wasn't independent enough to be a whole friend. And I, I needed a whole friend at that time. And then the second time we got back in touch, she initiated us getting back in touch and I rejected her again um, because she was having an affair. She was cheating on her husband and using me as the alibi. And I just wasn't comfortable playing that role. So the third time, we got the time, Paige. Oh gosh! And I, from the day we got back in touch, I felt unsettled around her. Unsettled. Now again, I'm grown up enough to know this woman is stressed to the max, and I thought I was just picking up on her stress during every interaction. And I said to her, "I'm like, your projections are really loud." Um, and I have to constantly ground myself against those projections. You know, she's very grandiose. But again, I didn't, she's so needy of me. She's so attached to me that I thought, it just never occurred to me that she could be on the narcissistic spectrum because she was so desperate to have me in her life. And, you know, narcissists don't typically come across as desperate, right? But it was clear to me, like she really values me. So, okay, I will try to be her friend and not reject her. Again. Right. Right. 
but there was no in. And when I finally, like we were working on a project together and I felt so neglected as a friend and as a partner, when I said I needed more support and how hurt I was, no acknowledgement, just justification for her life and her priorities. Yeah. And see, here's the thing. When you love yourself and you respect yourself, when someone does that, you're like, oh, the food is soiled with shit. Well, I don't want it then. Thank you. Like, it's not like you feel rejected. And I would love to say she rejected me, but she didn't even acknowledge me to reject me. (laughs) She didn't even acknowledge me to reject me. Right. But like, when I I saw this, I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. And I don't want this, right? And so, you know, yeah, I just, I can't stress enough how important it is when we show up, we show up for ourselves so that way we can reintegrate that part and then communicate that truth, right? And it's so healing. It's so powerful. It is. I was just going to say, it's a very powerful feeling to be able to be that self-aware that when somebody's being narcissistic or trying to gaslight you, you're just looking at them like, I know exactly what you're doing. Shit's not going to work. And I'm not about this. Goodbye. It's very powerful because I remember a time where I wasn't healed and I didn't understand if somebody treated me that way, I felt like there was something wrong with me. Like, what did I do wrong? Like, why can I be wanted or accepted? But now, like you try to gaslight me and I, it's comical to me. It's comical to me because I could read somebody from a mile away. And to get to that place is very powerful. And the thing is like, You have to ask yourself, do I want separation or do I want connection? Everybody wants connection. We really do. I mean, I've I've worked with enough people that at their core, they're like, I feel alone. She accused me of feeling lonely. And I was like, I'm not so lonely that I don't want you in my life, like, or that I want you in my life. Like, okay. (laughs) But it was just the weirdest statement. I'm lonely. She was just trying to trigger you thinking that that would that's it I feel like she liked the idea of you and narcissists they're all about image mm-hmm. and making themselves look good and whatever so keeping you around made her feel better about herself in some way probably and that's why it's that she wanted to be so attached to you not because she truly gave a fuck about you right and I'm like I lonely is is not something that I actually have much experience in. Um, I recently had an emotional release doing some free parenting and loneliness kind of purged out for a couple of hours. And I was like, wow, I've never experienced loneliness. Like that was my only real experience with loneliness. I'm like, that's an odd comment to make. And she knew about that experience, but I I thought, okay, you know, um, so I, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. And I even said, I go, no, I don't know what your insults are for. Like, I don't know what point you're trying to make. Like, I really don't. <laughs> like, so when it comes to communication, um, 
again, I can't stress this enough, like drop into your senses, drop into what you're feeling. Because if you come from that reactive place, the ego, the ego is always going to want to defend and there's no connection in that, right? And so you have to move beyond the ego and go, well, how's this making me feel? This makes me feel hurt. Okay, well, what's that hurt about? Well, this person, whatever they're saying right now, they're not the original perpetrator. The wound came from some other place in time. And it's up to you to recognize that pain and show up on behalf of that pain and go, well, you know, I just want you to know that like this behavior kind of triggers this feeling in me. Like, do you want to do something about that or not? You know what I mean? And if they care, they'll be like, oh, I had no idea. I'll do better. If they don't care, they'll act like you didn't say anything and just keep going, <laughs> you know, but, but getting to know yourself and knowing that like your needs are important and that your voice is important will help to spur that process of being a better communicator and not making about them. Like it's like they, the narcissists love to blame and deflect, but like you want to pull back that behavior and not make it about blaming mm -hmm. and not make it about that other person. Cause they're just bringing up what's inside you. It's not actually their fault. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Uh, so be, be clear on that as well. Like, okay, this, this got triggered in me and I know you didn't create it, but like, this is kind of what's happening. I just want you to know, um, you know, one of the, my favorite things to say when I am really just in a moment where the emotion is so strong and I just can't be objective is, uh, okay, my pain's going to do all the talking right now, just so you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just preface with that. Like, I'm not in a good space. What comes out of me might not be that great. I just want you to know that this is, this is where I'm at. I like so that. I'm going to do the talking. <laughs> <laughs>Hey, it's me, Romy. I want to share a moment with you. You know, we often talk about healing, growth, and doing the work on this podcast, but where do you start? When you're feeling overwhelmed by life's challenges, trapped in the past, worried about the future, or like you're constantly battling your own thoughts and emotions, living in a reactive state versus response, passing up opportunities because of lack of confidence and fear, not knowing how to set boundaries with others, but most importantly with yourself. That's why I created my Healing the Root Cause program. It's for those out there feeling overwhelmed and yearning for change, connection, authenticity. Pretty much, you're tired of your own shit. Together, using my proven root framework, we'll recognize your triggers, overcome the past, operate with confidence, and transform your life. As I say, it's not all love and light, and this healing journey is about confronting the shadows and embracing the mess, but still loving yourself through it all. I'll be right there with you, guiding you on this journey, every raw moment, every breakthrough, every step of the way. So if you're feeling that tug and want to apply to work with me, fill out the application in the show notes, and we'll see if we're a good fit for each other and take it from there. Either way, I'm rooting for you. I want to I bring something up for people because, you know, communication, obviously, it's it's, you know, receive, give, receive. But if you're the type of person that all your life, somebody brings something to your attention that has triggered them, like you mentioned, like when you do this, instead of becoming defensive and saying, no, I don't do that or whatever, because even though they're not narcissists, they just want to make sure that they did no wrong, right? Because they cannot fathom 
fucking up, right? If yeah. you're that type of person, just be honest and tell the truth. Say, you know what? I did say this. I did do this. You know, my intention was X, Y, and Z. I didn't mean to make you feel this way. But so many people are just back to what we said earlier, cowards that they can't accept when somebody tells them or puts them in their place. They want to run and flee. And I don't know if it's that they don't know what their truth is or they just don't have the courage to speak it. I've worked with enough people who don't even know what their own truth is. They're running from a feeling. They're running from the idea of the response, but not even the reality of the response. Does that make sense? Like you're, they're, they're reacting to the potential, but not the reality. It's right. really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you watch people really clearly and you're like, well, you know, I'm totally holding space for this person and they're responding as though I'm a perpetrator. It's fascinating, right? And so I think back to your question though, it's like people are so afraid of feeling guilty or shame that they'll do anything to sidestep it. And the way you sidestep guilt and shame is embrace the fact, and I teach this, I'm doing a course right now on power struggles and how to take back your power. The way you sidestep that is to actually embrace the fact that you are capable of being and acting everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. I had one girl say to me, she goes, but see, how do I, how do I embrace a message? Like I'm evil. I know I'm not evil, but I was told my whole life I'm evil. And I said, you don't take it on internally. You don't go, okay, well, I am evil. You recognize that under the right circumstances, you could have been born and raised and, and just turned out evil. Like you recognize the potential that you have to be evil, not that you are until you embrace that instead, right? Like I always use the example of one of my exes. He goes, you're so irrational. And I go, well, I can be irrational, but I don't know that as an absolute, I'm irrational, mm-hmm. right? So like in that split second moment of me being irrational, okay, I was irrational. And then I said, well, you were the guy who couldn't handle irrational. So what does it say about you? So <laughs> there's always more to it than that, right? Um, but it's about embracing the fact that you are capable of imperfection. And then once you recognize that and pull that in and love that, like you can, someone could attack you and you're like, and yeah, I know. Right. right. And it doesn't affect you the same way. Or you become more open to, to the learning process, right? Because in learning, we have to accept that like we didn't know and um, we make mistakes and you know, there's that whole like coming across stupid or ignorant. It's like, well, of course you're stupid and ignorant. Like you've never done this before. Like, you know, that's- I want to ask questions. You don't want to be a beginner. (laughs) That's what it means to learn is to be completely in the not knowing, you know? And so when someone points something out and they're trying to weaponize it, see people can only weaponize what we reject about ourselves. People can't weaponize what we've accepted about ourselves. They can only weaponize the rejected parts. Yep. And that's why that list that you were sent, you gave no fucks. <laughs> they think you're weird and your social media is weird. Yeah, I agree. And 
<laughs> when you're triggered is because deep down inside of you you believe there's some truth to it and it bothers you now you could believe there's some truth to it and for you to be okay with it and that's fine but we could all be a little bit of anything. We could all be a little bit evil, like you said. We could all be fucking assholes. We could all be happy-go-lucky, you know. I can't remember the word she used. Maybe it's controversial. My social media is controversial or something. Well, duh. Like, so? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's what drew me to you, Paige. That's why you and I are friends now. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm like, what's controversial to one person is just a normal status quo to another. Right. Right? right. If I were to walk around being like, oh. I might upset Susan from Michigan, who I don't even know. Shit, I would never wake up and leave my room. Like, what kind of life would that be to be so uberly or uber concerned about the opinions of total strangers? Right. And there's so much freedom in that to truly, when you really get to a place where you do not care what anybody thinks or says about you, and you're just going to do whatever you want, obviously, without intentionally hurting people, but not keeping yourself in a cage or keeping yourself you know low and hidden because what are people going to say what are people going to think who cares that's not my business whatever anybody else thinks or says is none of my business that's their business i do not care you become a target to be manipulated when you seek out the approval of others mm -hmm. right i mean i can only imagine this is a woman who really, truly thinks extremely highly of herself in terms of status and image and all of her achievements. And the irony is none of that is what I would value about her. The only thing that brought me back into her life was the fact that I met her in junior high and I cared about her. A little girl who spoke no English, who didn't know anybody. Like that's what brought me back in. The other shit was just shit. I don't care about that. Because if you lost all of that at the end of the day, what would be the thing to satisfy our friendship? It was it was how we met and who we were then. This other stuff is completely irrelevant. And to use it to try to weaponize yourself against someone, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I have this and I am that. Nobody cares. And you know nobody cares or you wouldn't be listing it off. Like I've had some really amazing achievements in my life and guess what? Time moved on and they're now in the past. Oh, well, so what? Mm -hmm. Like value is contingent upon like what we offer in the moment. It's not right. static. It's not something that like it changes. Purpose changes, worth changes. You know what I mean? It's not something that like the, the tighter you hold on by the way, the more, the more you make yourself a target for losing it. So there's, there needs to be an openness around how we feel about ourselves, our identities, what is possible, what we're capable of. I mean, again, if you want to be in a space where you can communicate clearly and effectively, if you're holding on for dear life that others need to see you a certain way, good luck. Yeah, you won't get your true, authentic message across. And people feel that. What's important is who do I need to be for myself in this moment? That's how I show up. Mm -hmm. That and that, like everything else will be secondary to that. The words you say, how you say it. And so it really, it always comes back to the self. Yeah. Am I loving myself? Am I respecting myself? Am I honoring myself? 
and can I truly accept all my imperfections? You know, and I, maybe I'm just a rare case because I spent the last 12 years going through chronic loss, right? So you just learn to live in a space of like, what's next? Right. <laughs> and, and not holding tightly to beliefs, things, people, identities, you know, especially once one dies, like you really learn to just let go. And there's such a freedom in that, you know? People are really, truly craving connection though. So if you can build that within yourself, build that inner freedom and then offer that space. Yeah, I feel like the more authentic you are, the more real you are, the more connected you are with yourself, people like this person you're talking about are going to start falling off. And it, it hurts, especially if it's somebody that's really close to you. Like this year, it feels like I've lost so many people that I was close to, but I could see why there's no space for them in my life and where I'm going. Well, and I was asked like how I felt like after this whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, like I lost a thousand pounds. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I didn't realize how much tension I was carrying around just to maintain the relationship. I told her that I said, I've been betraying myself completely just to, just to be present for you. Cause she continued to accuse me of not accepting her. And I'm like, girl, I betrayed myself just to show up for you. What are you talking about? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of not accepting yourself again, like it's nobody's job to accept you. It's your job to accept you. Exactly. It's nobody's job. So, you know, the, all of these things, it's, it's all just boils down to like your relationship with you. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I've known you now since what, 2018? No, what? I'm sorry. That I've known you since like 2018 now. Yeah. Since 2018. Um, well, we met because I attended one of your workshops yeah. And then I started following you on Facebook and then that's what drew me close to you. <laughs> Your weird ass fucking Facebook <laughs> drew me close to you. I just felt like we had a lot of similarities. I feel people like us are very misunderstood by the masses. And I just felt like you were very relatable. And that's where, you know, we've grown from there. And even yesterday when we were speaking, you mentioned like... We, we had, we were going to plan to do something together and it just didn't work out. And when you came to me, my response was like, this is not going to change anything. We, we spoke, they have conscious conversation. And then now we're perfectly fine. Yeah. There was, there was no problem. You know, no. I mean? it's like, you were like, yeah, I know I've been overwhelmed, blah, 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 blah. You're like, you acknowledged. Mm -hmm. and I just don't know why it's so hard for people to acknowledge. It's like, yeah. it doesn't mean fault. Right. Right. Is the acknowledging someone's pain means you're at fault for it. No, you're just acknowledging where they're at. That's it. Right. You don't blame in, in, in acknowledging anyone. If anything, it's a gift you give people. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, it's the only way to have real true connections. I know so many people that have like so many fake friendships and it's just it's just people they know and a lot of the times it's oh I want to keep them around I've known them for so long and they just can't let it go because of the time so you bringing up the story of completely closing out 
somebody that you've known for 30 years is great for a lot of people to hear because some people just stay in a friendship or a relationship because they've been there that long. Okay, but like you're going to give yourself even more fucking years with this relationship where you can just end it now? <laughs> like, we don't want to do this. If somebody is not giving you what you need, if somebody is not acknowledging you, if somebody's not making you feel safe, because totally. I feel like it's so important to feel safe in somebody's space and their energy is so important. If my if my nervous system feels crazy and hijacked around you, there's a problem because your body knows. Hmm. Your body knows. And again, I just kind of assumed that the tension was based on the fact that like the girl never smiled, never laughed. She was always inundated, exhausted, and overwhelmed by work. And I just kind of assumed that I was just, as an empath, picking up on that. But I was also always having to ground myself next to her grandiosity. And I'm like, why? I said to Kevin, my my buddy, I said, why do I just feel inferior around her? You know what I mean? And like, okay, she's successful in this one definition of success. But like, I have friends who are more successful according to that definition of success and they don't make me feel inferior. Right. They don't bring out a sense of inferiority. I shouldn't blame them. But like, what is this, right? And one thing that I've always said, and I know that I've said this to you before, the more someone projects, like the easier they are to read. Mm-hmm. Like so people, people are so afraid of being authentic because they don't want to be read. Right, right. I literally just posted um, I just posted on my threads account that the more you observe if you take time to observe people people will usually tell on themselves you just gotta observe people will let you know who they are just be patient and observe that's it yeah people will project so much because they just don't want to be seen thinking that that hides them but it's 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 this like what is this like as as the other person going what's coming at me right like it just makes it easier for you to read them because when someone's authentic there's nothing to grasp it just is mm-hmm. it doesn't change it's just no. truth yeah and it doesn't come across as this thing in your face either projections are so loud and in your face you're like whoa like big egos are so extra get away from me (laughs) totally right but when someone's authentic it's very calm it's very relaxed you have a hard time getting your thumb on the pulse of them because you're trying to get deeper but there's no there's no there's no deeper it just it just goes through right it's just they are what they are what they are what they are and so being in an authentic expression is the safest place to be because you're not pushing something out there that's something that someone else can come grab and weaponize against you yeah some people just don't know better they think that they're doing a great job of hiding when they're just exposing themselves completely well because what's happening in the projection just so you know as an empath when we're reading people when someone is projecting really loudly what you're what they're doing is they're saying i am this i am not that right and the i am this is compensating for the i am not that so loudly that you're like oh god they're terrified of being that right does that make sense do you resonate with that I mean that's how it comes across to me is like you know they come across so boldly like I make this money I do this and you know what I mean and don't look over there because I'm not that thing 
that inadequacy. Don't look at that. Like as an empath, energetically, those are the messages I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here I'm going, okay, how do I pretend to not see any of this? How do I play dumb around this person? Because whoa. Yeah. That's very hard. It's very difficult. And I had to do that for so long with her. I was like, oh. And then constantly, my my inner inner self was like, are we the problem? Are we the ugly one? Like, what is this over here? Is this ours? Is this are we stupid? Are we are we fat? Are we ugly? Are we not? Are we insignificant? Like constantly, and I'm like, no, that's hers. No, that's hers. Like that would be like the power struggle I go through every time I hang out with her. Nope, that's her stuff. No, that's her stuff. And it was just like, oh, so draining, so draining. Yeah, yeah. you know, as intuitives, I it's so funny. It's like when I read for other people, it's great, but when it comes to me, sometimes nothing wants to show up. And I've come to realize that the reason why is because there's some lessons that we really need to learn. Yeah, I would I would say that. I'm pretty good about reading myself, though. Well, I mean, like, about other people. Like, for example, this whole situation with this girl. Like, you had the feeling, but then you were questioning, is it me? Is it me? Right? When it comes to other people, I could just look at a situation and be like, this is what's happening, X, Y, and Z. I don't even know these people, but I could just, I just know. But when it comes to me, sometimes, I'll just be questioning everything. See. For me, in this particular situation, I didn't want to be the bad guy a third time. I was like, okay, she called me back in to be her friend. and I don't want to reject her again. I'm going <laughs> to prove that I've grown. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But then I just, for months, I just felt so unsettled. I was like, ugh. like it was causing me so much stress. And so I finally had to confront it. Because I was like, I need... I need her voice on board and more than one way. I don't want to just be this like afterthought anymore. And when she couldn't do it, I was like, well, then fuck you too. I'm out. Good. That's it. 30 years. We're not doing a fourth time. Okay, Paige? Yeah. I will definitely hurt you. (laughs) And I did tell her that. I said, I just, I don't, don't contact me again. I just don't want to do this again. Yeah. No point. So. So I will admit, like, I was really, truly trying to be the better person this time around. And I was like, no, I'm going to pull a page. That's what we're going to (laughs) do. Yeah, we're not doing that. I tried and I told my dad and I said, dad, there's a reason why I just don't want this woman in my life. I mean, there's a reason why after like, after all these years and three times now, I've constantly had to say, I don't want you around. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at myself as the bad guy anymore. She's not capable of connecting plain and simple. We're done. It was the same complaint I had about her when we were 19. (laughs) We're done. Yeah. She hasn't grown. No, I'm the same person. Well, and, and, oh, and here's something else to watch out for. Narcissists tend to, oh my God. Again, this is why it's so important to confront them because, and again, I I don't want to say that she is one. Maybe she's capable of unlearning this. I don't know. But, oh, they talk a big growth game. They talk a big growth game. 
these people will oftentimes be reading all the latest literature, implementing none of it. Of course, because it's about the thing. It's yeah. also like narcissists is all about how people see them. They need to have like, it's like a show. It's a show for people to think that they're this amazing person, this great thing, the super nice guy. If if you've dealt with a narcissist and you're the victim, I could guarantee you that the minute that you tell somebody that the way this person treats you, it's almost unbelievable to them because the way that they portray themselves to the world is not that. Totally. No, everyone's like, oh, but they're so crazy. And you're like, uh-huh, sure. And again, this is not someone and they don't know, they're not always gonna come across in an obviously overtly annoying, calloused way. This is a sophisticated narcissistic response I got from her. Yeah. And if someone wasn't really clear, they would have totally folded. Um. <clears throat> But this woman, and I told her this, I said, you talk a really big growth game for someone who takes zero risks. Mm -hmm. You are holding on to everything in your life, like with all your might. Right. Yeah. And for who, for what? That's the other thing I, I'm curious about with people in general, whether you're narcissistic or not, who are you trying to impress? is the or who, who's the audience that you're like they might find out who are they right like if you really sat down and been like again is it sue from michigan that you don't know that well like who are these people like that... why do you care so much why do you care so much how is it going to affect your life right that's the question i i had to step out of that years ago when because of the whole programming that I had that I actually cared what people said and thought and when I started asking myself who cares and why does it matter that's when I started seeing some serious change because the answer is always like nobody cares well it matters <laughs> life is going to inherently support there's a quote that says um Mm, something about like when you're bold like life supports the bold not the you know what I mean someone who's willing to act on their courage if you are true to yourself life can support that if you are betraying yourself life can't support that you'll just get more betrayal and so people have an inherent fear that if they step outside the box and actually honor who they really are that life will fall apart on them it couldn't be further from the truth yeah things will line up for them you know you're not meant to sacrifice you're not meant to live a life where you are conveniently accommodating other people it, it doesn't that's not that's not why you're here your life is about you <laughs> Right. Like if we have, if there is one goal we all do share, it's, it's healing the soul. Right. And you can't do that if you're lying to yourself. And so to, to live in fear of like what other people think and status standards and status quo and image and compliance and all that stuff. Okay. Well, just ask yourself, how much of myself do I have to sacrifice to be in that? 
And fast forward to your deathbed. Are you happy with the choices that you made? Because 70%, 74% were not. They wanted to be more true to themselves. So, you know, the idea that, that life will not support your dreams is bullshit. It's life is waiting for yeah. you to let go of your fear. Yeah. I mean, I always, I believe 100%. Like, I don't just say I love my life. I don't just say I truly believe everything always works out in my favor. Always. And I've thought that for years, even when I was still married, um, my ex-husband to this day, whenever we come across something that is difficult for the family, he says, everything always works out for us because it's true. Like he has seen the evidence being married to me like some of the shit that would happen sometimes it would blow his mind he's like okay I believe it that's it you're right everything always works out so having that thought process and that belief really it's the energy that's what you're going to attract into your life 100% so having the energy of like this is my life this this life is about me, not about me pleasing everybody else because nobody gives a shit about me. And even if they do give a shit about me, their whole life is not revolved around making me happy. No, and that's, ugh. No. <laughs> yeah. But this was an amazing conversation. I felt very called to have you back on the podcast after many of our conversations about narcissists and having conversations about actual having conversations and how people can't show up and just tell you what they need to tell you. And it's just important if people start having these uncomfortable conversations and showing up for each other, there'll be better connections out there. And the world needs that. The world needs better connection. Well, to answer the original question, you know, more empathy, like acknowledgement am I acknowledging me or others acknowledging me mm -hmm. acknowledgement I love that so I'll tell you everything you need to know <laughs> well thank you so much for joining me today go ahead and share your handle where people could find you absolutely uh let's see uh Paige Elizabeth on uh Facebook but I would say, like, I'll probably share this on the Dharmic Path, which is my Instagram. Perfect. Well, thank you, guys. If you feel like this conversation helped you or you feel that this could help someone else, which I feel it can, go ahead and share this episode with somebody. Do them a big favor. Connection, connection, connection. And remember, it's not all over the night. It's not.